Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. Join us now as Pastor Keith Moore shares today's message. Uh, We are, uh, thank you for leading us to pray. I want to encourage you to pray for one more uh, important issue uh, today uh, as we uh, approach the launch of our Vacation Bible School. How many of you attended Vacation Bible School when you were a kid? I mean, most of you, most of you. Many of you uh, have shared with us the story that you actually came to saving faith in Christ Uh, as an older child in vacation Bible school. And so you know how important uh, that it is. And so uh, we crank up in a couple of weeks here on our campus. But today uh, we are having what we're calling the, um, uh, the Great Dogwood Prayer Walk for Vacation Bible School. And so immediately following this service, uh, we're gathering at 1245 in the lobby of our multipurpose building at the south end of the campus Uh, We have campus maps, we have prayer guides for you to pray at different spots uh, in our campus for all of the the people and all of the important issues related to Vacation Bible School. We can do a lot of things after we pray that God can use, but we we can never do anything more powerful for the kingdom of God uh, than pray. So here we pray first. And so I'm going to ask you to join me. There'll be some light refreshments there. Some of you may want to fast through lunch. I'm not kidding about that. Some of us might need to for other reasons. But, um, but to, to fast and pray for, for God's hand uh, on, the, uh, on the work of our church with our children. Uh, a little over 28 years ago, uh, 35 people met on a cold January evening in the cafeteria of the Huddleston Elementary School in Peachtree City for the very first core meeting uh, of a new congregation in our community, that is this congregation. And uh, we began that evening praying for uh, the birth of a new congregation, opening the scriptures to see what God's word has to say about the nature and purpose of a church. What is a church? What does God say a church is? What's a church supposed to be? And what is a church supposed to know? And what is a church supposed to do? And we also met to prepare to launch public services for our community. A couple of months later, first Sunday of March, 1987, 152 people gathered in that cafeteria for the first Sunday public worship service of that new church. We called it Braylon Baptist Church at the time because we were down in the Braylon village of the Peachtree City area. Uh, Ten years ago, we relocated to this campus and changed the name to Dogwood Church for a couple of reasons, uh, we weren't in Braylon Village anymore, and we're on Dogwood Trail, and you know, Dogwood's kind of a Georgia thing, so hey, why not? And uh, so, uh, but we, that, we're still the same congregation. We're in our 29th year, and it's been a great journey. Uh, a year ago, we, as leaders of the church, the pastors and the elders and our life group leaders and many of our ministry team volunteer leaders had a sense that it was time for a new beginning. And so we looked back on the first 27 years in the life of this church. We kind of called it the first quarter of a century, celebrated that, and then asked God to help us turn the page to chapter 2. And that's what we called this initiative, 
to begin the next 25 years of life in ministry, serving Christ and serving His world together, we began to pray and ask God what He wanted us to do, uh, how He wanted us to do it, with and by whom, and when, uh, to launch the first two years uh, of this new chapter. And so we engaged in that, that journey, praying, discussing, studying, listening, planning, doing that all over again for several months until we had on paper some goals that we believed that the Lord Jesus Christ helped us set best as we could hear him. You know, we human beings have trouble hearing him clearly, don't we? Don't we sometimes we think it's God, but we just stayed up too late eating pizza, you know? So, so we had to sort through all of that, and, and we had this, this is why it's wise to do ministry as a team, isn't it, Robert? We got many people, men and women, praying and thinking and listening to affirm, okay, we, best we can tell, we think this is what God wants us to do in the next two uh, years. And so then we realized, well, these goals actually won't get done unless we have detailed plans, ministry plans. And so we realized then these ministry plans won't get done unless we fund those plans. And so we launched what we called Chapter 2, a generosity initiative to encourage all of our church family to pray and to give and to serve in the next two years strategically uh, in order to accomplish what we believe God wants us to do. We decided to focus on, on five uh, realms of, of ministry. Uh, first was our own Dogwood Church family, the health of our own family, those of us who have gathered. Second is our local community. Uh, third realm is our nation. Uh, fourth realm was our, our world, the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, the fifth realm was our facilities. You know, it takes a base of operations for a church like us in the culture in which God providentially placed us. I had a, an idealistic young man catch me one day, and, and um, I kind of agreed with him, but he said, you know, we don't need all this stuff. If people really love Jesus, we should just go worship him under a tree. And I, I, you know, I understand that sentiment, especially when I had to, we had to figure out how to pay for all this. Uh, but then I said, you know, if we were in another culture, we could worship under a tree. And uh, we can't start where our community should be. If we're going to start with people where they should be, we're going out of business. We have to start with people where they are in the culture in which God has placed us. And under His guidance and power and provision, help take people from there to here. And so in this Western culture, uh, a church needs a base of operations from which to touch the world. We discovered that our house, if we could call ourselves a church family, and we do, that our, our, the house of our family was not big enough to hold us all. We couldn't do all of the ministry for all of our age groups that we needed. And so we set a goal to construct a new building. We call it the multi-purpose building. Uh, we also set a goal to raise across these next two years. You may want to jot these down, a lot of numbers, but it'll help you see kind of where we are. To raise uh, 
approximately $766,000 for two years' worth of house payments uh, to, to pay on our financing. We also set a, an aggressive goal that over and above that, we could raise another $2.4 million to, as, a, uh, as, as Dave Ramsey calls it, a, a debt snowball to pay down the principal on our financing way ahead of time, aggressively. Well, here's what's, here's what's happened in the first 12 months uh, of chapter 2, one year in. Because of God's blessings and because of your generosity. You know, we discovered as we prayed that God told us that our church had all of the money that it needs to do everything he wants us to do. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, and the, good, and the other good news is in your bank account. And so... You know, that's the way it works. You know, we are a member-funded church. There is no home office. We don't have a Baptist Vatican in Nashville that's sending us money. We don't. We don't. It, it, everything that we do, we fund out of our offerings to God, out of gratitude to Him. And so uh, here's what happened in the first uh, 12 months with that building. As you can see, if you look at the other end of the campus, that we did, in fact, start and complete construction on our multi-purpose building. You'll see a few images on the screen of that uh, facility. How many of you have been inside that building? Okay, about half of you. The good the rest of you go down there and pray today and you can check it out. We occupied that building in September uh, of this past fall. Our student ministry, middle and high school students, use that uh, on Sunday mornings for their ministry, but we use it for a multiple of purposes, thus the name. We've had uh, wedding receptions there. We've had dinners for families after funeral services when people were grieving. We've had leadership meetings. We've had small group meetings. We've had uh, discipleship uh, uh, groups to meet there. We've opened it up to the community uh, to serve our our community. And um, it's been an exciting thing to see. And God already helped us reach that, that goal. Also, we are now, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that we are, because of God's blessing and your generosity, we are able, to, we are reducing uh, the debt on our uh, financing at the rate of $20,000 a month. Now, that's principal and interest. That's the house payment, about $20,000 a month, a little more than that, actually. Well, this last month, our elders met and pondered a uh, recommendation from our finance team. Uh, that we, because of God's blessing and your generosity, that we step up the pace. And so as of this month, we are paying an additional $10,000 a month down on the principal. So $20,000 house payment and another $10,000 a month over and above. And so good stuff. And so I want to say, yay God, yay dogwood, the blessings of God. And as we, uh, again, these are... All, these, all this land and all these buildings and parking lots, uh, they're, they're just like this podium. They're just a tool for ministry. They just cost a little more than this podium. And, uh, but they're a tool for ministry from which we can touch the world as we seek to fulfill our purpose of loving God and loving people while making more and better followers of Christ here and around the world. Uh, the second realm of ministry that we are, uh, upon which we are focusing in these first two years of chapter 2 is our own Dogwood Church family. Uh, 
the, the health of our ministry to evangelize, disciple, and care for uh, our preschool children, our elementary age kids, our middle and high school students, and all of the adults. This, as of this past Tuesday, our records showed that we have in excess of 3,000, count them, 3,000 uh, committed members, people who have made the commitment to membership, and others who attend regularly our services. 3,000 people who call Dogwood Church their church home. Now, that's about the size of the small town I grew up in at the time I, I grew up. So we're kind of like a town. I mean, it's just a lot of people to care for in the name of Christ. And uh, so, but we're trying to do some things to you. You need to know it. We're a subversive organization. We're trying to do some things to you. <laughs> Uh, and and you, would you like to know what they are? Because it's intentional. It's intentional. We're seeking to influence you, all of you who uh, are not yet followers of Christ, to commit your life to Christ. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus, we're seeking to influence you to grow in your faith. We grow by getting to know Jesus better, loving Him more, following Him. We are seeking to uh, uh, mobilize you to serve in ministry, in the church, and on mission in the world. We're seeking to influence you to share the gospel uh, to your own world, where you live, work, and play. Uh, we're seeking to mobilize you to give care to each other. For just you newcomers, we pastor, we just got a little handful of pastors. We, can, we can't get to you all. We determined a long time ago that the best way to do it is God's way. We are to equip you to do the work of the ministry, as Ephesians chapter 4 tells us. And you will always be better at caring for one another than we will, right? Than I will to you, right? All you're not in head, none of you believe that. You think I'm better at it. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm better at teaching you how to do it than you are. And our pastors are better at teaching you how to give care in the name of Jesus. Uh, but they're not better at doing it. And so we're seeking to mobilize you to create a riot of love and good deeds in the name of Christ. Rejoicing with those who rejoice in our church family in good times. Like all these graduations we've just had and new babies coming and weddings and all these good times. Jobs being uh, secured and raises coming. And so we rejoice with each other. And, as the scriptures say, mourning with those who mourn, grieving with those who grieve. Uh, we take care of each other. And uh, it's one of the reasons we need a spiritual family. So we're trying to do that to you here. Uh, we set a goal across these two years to gather and, and use $5,414,000 for all of the ministries internally to our church family and externally as we serve our local community. More about that in a second. Well, here's what's happened in the first 12 months in our church family related to chapter 2. Our ministry to children has been enhanced dramatically. Uh, Pastor Paul Holland joined our church team, our staff team, to lead our ministry to preschoolers and elementary kids. And he's several months into his ministry doing a great job leading our team. Last 
June, we celebrated the largest vacation Bible school in the history of the church. And in two weeks, we're going to break that record again as we minister to children. Our student ministry occupied the new building and uh, have increased the number of middle and high school kids involved, uh, belonging to life groups, uh, coming to faith in Christ, growing in their faith. And our adult life groups grew, uh, grew dramatically. Uh, in this last year. In this winter-spring semester of adult life groups that we just wrapped up, we had over 800 of our adults uh, who belonged to a life group, and we're very excited um, about that. So we're excited for this ministry, uh, this group life ministry to all ages, because we've discovered that life transformation in Christ happens best in small groups. Take a look at the screen. I want you to hear someone's story. Well, we came to Dogwood through an invitation from Stephanie's parents and some friends of ours. Um, after a couple of years in our marriage, we were searching for a church home. And uh, we visited Dogwood and really found a home there and really enjoyed the service. When we first got connected to a life group, we were um, interested in the Transform series. And after we... Um, met with our small group for the first couple of times for that series. We really felt comfortable with our group and felt like that was the right home and the right fit for us and um, just felt like we really belonged in that group and after that Transform series we stuck with it and uh, and we've just been you know part of that group since and really enjoy it. Well we came to the realization that there were other couples um, within our group that were going through the same trials and tribulations that we were going through in our daily life. And some of the experiences that we've had in our past, they've experienced. And some of the struggles that we're going through daily, they're going through daily. So it's really given us an opportunity to share those and work with each other to get through those moments. I would say the most impactful thing that I've experienced being in part of the life group is um, deepening my relationship with Christ. Um, it's given me an opportunity to dive in more into my daily devotionals and to really connect with those in the group and to provide help and support for the others in our group. What excites me about Dogwood Church is all the different opportunities that we have to serve, uh, from people that want to work in the orchard to you know, somebody that wants to be a greeter to, um, to working with youth. And the, um, and the mission trips, there's just so many opportunities that, you know, that present themselves to people that, are, um, that I find really exciting about Dogwood. I think our life and our family's life has changed dramatically since becoming members at Dogwood. Um, just because we've been able to refocus our attention on what is most important in our lives, which is getting to know and grow in our relationship with the Lord. Um, to provide an opportunity for our kids to know and grow with the Lord and to provide an opportunity for us to serve and pass along God's mission within the community and the, in the area. So we've been focusing this first year on our facilities, our, our, play, our plant for operations, our own Dogwood Church family, and also uh, the third realm is our local community. Here's how we define the local community. Uh, uh, everyone who lives within a 15 to 20 minute drive of this campus, 
15 to 20 minute drive of this campus. Uh, we have decided to assume that God holds our church directly responsible for the, the souls and the lives of every person who live within this area. It's approximately 250,000 people. Now, we are not the only church, uh, obviously, in this area, but we realized several years ago that we get better at doing what God wants us to do when we just imagine that we're the only ones. That it's all up to us. That it's all up to us. It's helped us pray more aggressively. It's helped us love more passionately. It's helped us share the gospel more urgently. And so that's what we are uh, trying to do. Now again, just like we're trying to do something to you, we're trying to do something to these people. We're trying to lead them to faith in Christ and establish them in their faith and help them grow into fully engaged members, having meaningful membership in a church family, uh, being fully developing followers of Christ to equip them to serve the purposes of Christ in ministry, uh, but to become backyard missionaries where they live and work and play uh, and gather and worship God. And so we set some goals for our area. We set two goals. Two big goals. The first one was to study. Now, this, this goal was a study. To study the strategy of multiplying Dogwood Church campuses on the fringe of our ministry area, uh, thinking that that might possibly be a way to reach more unchurched people for Christ. And so we, um, we put a team together. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. Second goal is we wanted to leverage the impact of our real life center to serve the people of our community who find themselves under-resourced in times of crisis, find themselves in poverty uh, as, as well. And so I needed to tell you, and I have to remind you, because our, the, our real life center, we don't have room for them on our campus yet. We lease uh, facilities in the south end of Peachtree City uh, that... You may not know the Real Life Center is Dogwood. Someone came to me one day and said, now, how, are, are we going to support the Real Life Center? And I said, we are the Real Life Center. Yeah, we are. It's us. It's a ministry of Dogwood Church and uh, served wonderfully, led uh, wonderfully by uh, Kathy Berggren, uh, our executive director, who is a member of the senior staff of our Dogwood Church and the other staff members we have there at the Real Life Center, plus about 140 volunteers. Um, and so here's what's happened on both of those goals in, the, uh, in this first year. We put together a multi-site, a multi-campus uh, strategy study team. Uh, I know at least one of them, or two of them were in the first uh, service. Uh, Deborah Floyd, Melanie Flavin is on that team. Dave Kerford. Dave, did I spot you back there somewhere? Stand up, Dave. Everybody turn around and look at Dave, make him feel comfortable. There you go, up and down really, really quick. Dave Kerford is on that team. Peter Madsen is on that team as well. They have been charged with leading our study to get God's guidance. God, do you want us to do this? Is this, what you, is this, a, is this a way you want us to go? And, and here's the update. We don't know yet. It's not clear. We don't have an answer. So continue to pray for God's guidance for us uh, as we study. Now, we infused the work of the Real Life Center uh, to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars in the past year. 
We, we, because of God's blessing and your generosity, we were able to allocate approximately $250,000 through our ministry to the Real Life Center. And we have served at least one time over 15,000 individuals in the past year through there. People who find themselves hurting, not enough to eat, find themselves in crisis, and all in the name of Christ, meeting needs, sharing Christ, changing hearts, and changing lives. And I want you to hear just a little bit more about it. Take a look. Somehow we think that hard times are never going to happen to us. But you know, it only takes one thing, one thing to knock us off our feet. I have a special needs baby. She has cerebral palsy. The doctors told me that if she was ever to walk again, that I would have to go to a place to where she would get better medical care. I picked up everything, quit my job, and I moved to Georgia. I have always been one to stand on my own two feet, but I lost my job in 2010, which is when all of this began. To go from making a really good salary and being able to provide for your family to go into unemployment incredibly humbled me because I had never experienced it. I had too much pride to seek help, but they came to a point where I, I had no choice. It was, you know, I had to feed my kids. When I first got here, I signed up for public assistance. It was horrible. I was a case ID number. Nobody listened. When you're put in a situation to where you have to swallow your pride, you do that because you have to get what your children need. It wasn't that way here. It was, how can we help you? What do you need? How can we pray with you? When I found the Real Life Center, it just changed everything for me. We had a vision to start something different, something that could really create life change. We just prayed and worked through the vision of meeting needs and sharing Christ, changing hearts and changing lives. And what did that look like? We're really caring for the whole person, how they're doing, not just financially, but how they're doing emotionally, how they're doing physically, how they're doing spiritually. And when someone walks through the door and they're hurting, and we start talking about where do you want to be a year from now, it gives them hope. The Real Life Center made all the difference in being able to, to provide my family with food and also uh, with some opportunities to take some education classes that would you know, help my relationship and, and build self-esteem. And it's about loving that person, valuing that person, giving them dignity. And it's, it's the whole package deal because what they see is the body of Christ that is truly loving them for who they are and not judging them. Through faith and perseverance and motivation and help from the Real Life Center, we prevailed and we're gonna to continue to prevail and we wanna help others prevail. I finished my master's as of two weeks ago. I have just completed my first year in my doctoral program with the 4.0. <laughs> Yay, good stuff. So we've been focusing on our facilities, our base of operations. We've been focusing on uh, the life of our own Dogwood Church family, all of us who are already here. We've been uh, focusing on our local community. And the fourth realm upon which we are uh, focusing is our nation, or we could say the North American continent. Primarily, uh, 
through planting new churches in underchurched areas uh, to reach people uh, for Christ. We have, um, here's what's happened in the first 12 months uh, of chapter 2. Uh, we set a goal to plant one new church uh, in uh, this year in, in urban Atlanta, really in the first two years. Well, but business picked up this year. God got things rolling, and instead of one, we're involved with three new churches. And it's very exciting to see that. First of all, uh, Church 51 launched uh, this past year in uh, urban Atlanta. It is lo- we are locating the congregation in uh, what's known as Old Fourth Ward. How many of you old Atlanta people know where the Fourth Ward is? Yeah, yeah, a few of us here. We're right there. Our church planters are Barry and Robin Odom. Many of you know them. Barry was on our church staff as one of our pastors for the first 16 years uh, of the church. Uh, they have uh, relocated to that area, and uh, a core group has been meeting for almost uh, a year. The work is hard. It is slow, uh, but it is exciting. Uh, so that's in the, that has happened. We're also involved in supporting a supporting role of a new church called Sojourn Church in Woodstock, northern northwestern suburbs uh, of Atlanta. Emily Chambers and her husband Trent uh, are the church planters. Emily uh, came to faith here as a middle school girl and grew up in our church and met and married her husband Trent uh, right out of college. They were called to ministry. They are the church planters. We're, we're into the second year of the, uh, the birth of this new uh, congregation, and so we are involved with them as well. Uh, we are most excited about uh, our most aggressive church planting effort that God's led us to this year, and that is a, a new congregation in New York City. Patrice and Olga Viakanu, members of our church for the last seven or eight years, are going to be the church planters, and I want you to hear from them. Take a look. So when we were, we were in Benin, uh, you know, God is still... God, you know, he loved us a lot, and uh, my wife was uh, involved in uh, IT and uh, computer, you know, fields. I work, uh, I have my own business, and uh, I work as a consultant in um, communication, and finally I quit, I quit, and I started, uh, I, I became full-time minister, and I, I did not regret because I think God called me for that, and I'm, I'm very happy for that. So we have the grace to build the first uh, ministry center of our uh, capital. So I was leading that center and very excited because we also have the opportunity to work with uh, ministry like uh, Navigators, Full Gospel, Business Fellowship, many, many. We host them, so they came to our church to do the seminar. So I was very happy you know, to be in that uh, center, and God, God, God called me. He said, you know what? You have to go, you have to go. But I don't know where I will go, you know. And to go like that, you know, it was hard because the center was growing. People have, uh, people, people, are, people are coming. And God said, you have to go. So I, by obedience, I say, okay, if God called me, I need to go. But we don't know where we have to go. So I have one of my sisters who live here in the United, United States. We, we went to pray to make sure that 
God wants us to be here. So we came to the United States and started the ministry. We decided you know, to bless our church because we know the needs, especially our pastor did not have you know, a good house. And we, say, we, we asked him if he wants to stay in our house. And he said, no, I don't think, you know, God bless us a lot when we were in Benin. And he said, no, and I can see that is because, you know, they, you know, he don't want to come in that house. I said, no, be free. This house is God's house, not our house. So we have a meeting. We had a meeting with the committee of the church and we signed a paper for them that we want the pastor to move to that house. So it was, for us, it was a blessing, you know, to be blessed and bless our church. But one of the wonderful pathway that God used to bless us is Dogwood Church and Real Life Center. When we came at Dogwood Church, we felt generosity, we felt love, we felt fellowship. And that is very important for somebody who is an immigrant, you know, to have this welcoming. And we, are, we really appreciate that and we are very grateful for this church. So we have, we had an urgent need when we came, is to, it, it, to rent a house. We don't have enough money for that. So we went to that spot, we said, please pray for us. We want to rent a trailer. That is the only thing we can, we can rent now. Raf asked us to come to visit his house in Pichris, the house in Pichri City. So we went to that house with, with Raf, and he asked me, do you want to stay here? I said, no. I know that that house is expensive. I don't have enough money to afford for that house now. And he asked again. Basically, they blessed us with that uh, house. So we stayed in that house for four years and a half. You know, it's, it's huge. My wife and me felt the call to go to New York to plant the gospel, to plant a church among the West African people. And they have a huge need for that. They have no church for French-speaking people in West, for French-speaking West African people in New York. And you have 60,000 West African people. You have also seven major rich people group. So I think, you know, we need to go. We need the church to pray for us. We need the church to ask God to protect us because we are going to New York and basically we will stay in the Bronx. So we need prayer. Also, we need also prayer for the church planting team that we want to have. We want God to send the right people and also pray for the lost people. You know, Something else we would like also to do is to invite people to come to join to us to plant the church in New York. Usually immigrants when they are strangers somewhere, it's very difficult for them to get uh, integrated, to adjust, and uh, the church is a good uh, opportunity to help them. Like we have the chance with Doggood to be to have a family, they also need a family, so it will be a great opportunity to plant a church for them so they can have God family. So, Peachtree City, the Bronx, no big change, right? So pray for them. Uh, we are their primary sending church, and we'll be involved with them as long uh, as, it, uh, as it takes. How many of you know when he said, Ralph took me to his house? How many of you know who Ralph is? A few. Ralph Scalise went to be with the Lord, uh, I guess, are we a couple of years ago now? And uh, I know Ralph's in heaven smiling at that and thankful for his generosity. 
We've been focusing on our facilities, our, our Dogwood Church family, our local community, our nation, and, and also our world. Our church has always been involved in world missions, giving and going. And so we set some aggressive goals for these two years. We uh, set a goal to set aside at least $560,000 to give toward world missions, take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Some of that is us directly, and uh, some of that is support to other mission missionaries serving through other mission agencies, like our International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Approximately 5,000 of our missionaries serve through them in almost every country uh, in the world. We also wanted to increase our effectiveness with our world missions uh, in our own partnerships in Guyana and in Kenya and in Thailand and uh, also in uh, East Asia as well as in Russia, uh, trying to take the gospel to the Altai people group. Well, here's what's happened in the first 12 months. Uh, we have set aside in the first 12 months approximately $150,000 toward uh, to give through our international mission board. Uh, we've set aside another um, almost uh, $100,000 for our own world mission efforts. Our staff sending our volunteers, ministering to our partners, and um, we're going to keep that up as well. Well, I want to ask you to to, uh, to join me in in, in doing what I asked you to do a year ago. When we, when we launched these two years of ministry plans, uh, I challenged you to do three things in your service for Christ. One is to pray, and I'm asking you to pray for these ministry initiatives. Would you, would you in, be intentional? Would you get a system? Would you not forget to pray that God will bring into being all that he wants to do through us. Uh, pr- pray today. As soon as you get up from here, go to the lobby of the multi-purpose building, get your campus prayer guide, and participate with us in our prayer walk across the campus for Vacation Bible School. Uh, I ask you to go um, where you live, work, and play, as well as on our mission efforts, uh, to go, to serve, to serve internally uh, in our church family. But I'm I'm asking you to think about your own world this way. I'm asking you to think about yourself. Begin to identify yourself as a backyard missionary. That you are the missionary to your street. That you are the missionary to your apartment complex. That you are the missionary to your uh, condominiums. That you, to the people there. You are an, the ambassador for Christ on that, on that street. You're a backyard missionary. And pray and ask the Lord, what would that look like for you to live your life through me? For your presence to be manifest through me uh, to the people that I live nearby. And begin to think of yourself as a workplace missionary. A marketplace missionary taking your faith to work. And ask the Lord, what does it look like for, for you to live your life through me on the job? And uh, because that's when we're going to make some headway into this going. So you don't have to, when we say we want you to go, we're not wanting you to plan up once a year to go to Guyana or to set aside money to once a year go to Kenya on a team. No, no, no. We want you to get up every morning and go to your primary assignment, where you live, where you work, and where you play. And ask God to get it done through you there. 
I'm also asking you to continue to give. Here's what our church has done in the first 12 months. Our church family, in response to God's call, has given a total of, uh, as of um, this first year, $3,738,467 toward all these ministry efforts. Way to go. Yay, God, and yay, you. Now, this, this puts us on a pace to receive uh, approximately seven. $1.5 million by the end of chapter 2, which will be end of spring next year, this time 2016. So our goal was $9.5 million, and we're on, a, we're on track for about seven point five. So we're assuming some of you newcomers have come. If y'all got that extra couple of million on you today, just throw it in the basket. How's that? That'll, that'll, get, us back, that'll get us back on track uh, to uh, accomplish all these things. Well, I want to pray, and I want you to pray with me, and let's dedicate ourselves to the Lord one more time for these efforts. Let's pray. I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. They're going to be ready to lead us in just a second, but the rest of you join me in praying. Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, we do pray to you, and we pray to you because in our flesh dwells no good thing. And apart from you, we can do nothing. And we don't want to do anything apart from you, Lord, but we greatly desire to be your people, your ambassadors, that you uh, live your life through us to make more followers of Christ and better followers of Christ who love you and love people here and around the world. Make it so, Lord. Work in us. uh, Mobilize us to pray. Mobilize us to go and serve. Mobilize us to give all that we can to your purposes, to build your kingdom. Lord, build your kingdom around this world. Build your kingdom in the uttermost parts of the earth. Build your kingdom in our nation all across North America. Build your kingdom in our community and in our church family. Lord, build your kingdom here, we pray. And it's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.